Thank you, madam, for collecting the drum. Where's your little assistant today? She I have to dock her pay. <laughs> oh, would you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2? And we're going to talk about some things today that are um, more of a rhema assessment as to where we are as saints uh, in conjunction with the timetable of, of the Father. And um, I want to give a disclaimer here that I'm going to be referencing some things that I taught on this past Wednesday night, on Wednesday Night Live. And so if you, by chance, probably a pretty good chance, did not hear that teaching, um, you should probably avail yourself of that. There's a, there's a long outline, and we basically talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit uh, from two standpoints. And so today, I'm going to touch on that, but there's, you're just going to have to trust that what I'm saying is true um, from the definings of the Scripture, and you can refer to the deeper teaching uh, from last Wednesday night. You know, I was raised in a Pentecostal environment, and um, I have to admit that when we were growing up, uh, when I was growing up, those were still in the days where people who um, spoke in tongues were kind of on the fringe of the uh, ecclesiastical world. And about what we knew was, you know, in the Assemblies of God, we were basically fundamentalists. And there was a good solid foundation of that. But we also then had what we called the second measure of grace, which is kind of an interesting term, where we spoke in tongues. And that kind of made us stand out. There were a lot of people back in the day who said that that was demonic, that it did not still register for today, that it really wasn't essential or necessary. And of course, when we heard those things, we kind of took that as a, as a badge of honor that we were going forward, and that was a good thing. But with that, I have to admit, having been raised in this and having gone to um, a, a college and a seminary that was the bastion of this, that, that movement, that there really wasn't a clarification of what being filled with the Spirit was. All we looked at was, you spoke in tongues. And that's great. We needed to speak in tongues. But the value of what it meant to speak in tongues was never really clarified scripturally. It was just speaking in tongues. And we spent a lot of time saying that to be filled with the Spirit meant you spoke in tongues. The initial evidence and all of that. That was the main thing. But we never moved forward from that to see what the Scripture really said about what it meant to be filled. And so um, the teaching that I did last Wednesday night spoke about the two different, the two major fillings of the Spirit in the New Testament and how they're used. Uh, the first is that a filling that completed something. It was an accomplishment of something. And the second was a coming upon by the Spirit 
to accomplish something new in the future or what was coming. Those were the two fillings. And, and it had very little to do with our elemental understanding that to be filled with the Spirit was kind of like pouring water in a cup, you know. You come to Wednesday night church service and you're bone dry. I need a filling. I've got to come to the filling station other the spout where the glory comes out. And I needed to be filled today to overflowing. That was our concept of being filled. And so it was always a, I'm drained, I need more. Well, we should need more. But that's really not what the Scriptures define the two fillings as. Uh, the, the one filling is a culmination. It's, it's a partnering with God uh, uh, to accomplish something that He's had you experiencing Him, investing intercession in, a filling. And then the, the second preeminent word for filling means to have something come upon you. And it's interesting, I mentioned this on Wednesday, that that second word um, is really at root pimpleme, from where we get in English our word pimple from. And if anybody, thank God I didn't have problems with that too much when I was a, a teenager. I had other problems, but not that. And, <laughs> and but, but the reason they called it a pimple was that it was a rising upon somebody that could be seen. And it, it was a coming upon. And they used that term from ancient Greece to describe that acne-like condition. So with that being a gross illustration, um, when the Spirit comes upon you to fill you, that means something comes upon you and it should be seen by people for you to accomplish something. And so these words that I'm describing uh, are used throughout the New Testament and it's best to let the Scripture and the usage that the Spirit ordained define what the Word is. Now, you're probably not going to find this in the, in the side column commentaries in your Pentecostal Bibles. You're probably not going to find this in the standard teachings on um, um, moving in the Spirit. But that's what a pneumatikos people are. And we, we're not saying we're getting something as we were sitting under a tree and we found golden tablets. We're using the Scripture to define this. So let's look at, let's look at, at one example of this. And I said Acts chapter 2. We know this passage as classic Pentecostals. And it, it says this, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. This is the word that speaks about an accomplishment, a fulfillment. And how was this an accomplishment? How, how did this, why did the Spirit come into that upper room for those 120 that were left out of the 500 or so that had seen Jesus ascend? What happened to those other uh, 380 people? I mean, that's, that's roughly a 25% ratio of those that were left. Well, um, those people had heard, they obeyed the word of Jesus, they obeyed the word of the angels, they came, they were offering supplication for those weeks there 
uh, waiting for the promise of the Father. They were praying. They were gaining prosuke understandings. And they were really culminating what, what God had commissioned through their walking with Jesus and through the obedience to that task to welcome the promise of the Father. So the first thing that happens here is the Spirit comes and fills the house where they were sitting. There was a replenishing. There was an encouraging. There was a mark of accomplishment because what they were waiting on had fully come. And then it says, there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled, this is the other word, with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This word filled speaks about a coming upon in order for them to accomplish something. And this was the birth of the church. They were going to represent what God had said they were to do. We find this same dichotomy of understanding found in a lot of other passages. For instance, Jesus is being baptized in the Jordan with, with, with John. And Jesus is talking about, okay, John, you go ahead and baptize me so it fulfills all righteousness. And the Father speaks from heaven. Some said it thundered. Others heard it clearly. A dove descends. And the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That was a culmination. It was a, an accomplishment of John's ministry. It was the debut of Jesus onto the, the regional scene and arguably on the universal scene. And the Father was showcasing this is what he came to do, and now it's going to be fulfilled. Now he's on the scene. The very next thing that happens is it says that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit, ekbalo, threw him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That word fulfilled is this pimpleme, pletho, which means the Spirit came upon Jesus who was already, he was, he was moving in the Spirit without limit. He was filled with the Spirit of grace and truth. And now here comes this subsequent filling that is going to commission him and empower him for that time in the wilderness where he's facing off with the enemy and for what all the ramifications of that are. You find this over and over again in Scripture. You find Peter and John in chapter 4 of Acts. And they are, they've healed the man, the lame guy, the gate beautiful and all the Sanhedrin and the chief priests, and they're just ticked off about this. They're angry, and they want to they smite them. But they say, we can't do this because everybody here knows that this is a legitimate miracle. They've seen this dude sitting there for decades lame, and now here he is up and walking. If we strike the men who the power came through to set that guy free, we're going to have an insurrection on our hands. So we're just going to threaten them. We're just going to threaten them. And then you find that Peter goes, and he goes to his brothers and sisters, and they're, they're there, and they're praying, and they're deasis and prosuke, and suddenly it says, the Holy Ghost fills them. And this is this word for an accomplishment. Or, no, this is this word for something that's coming upon them to do something in future. And so Peter says, now, Lord, 
you know, with all boldness, we're going to speak your word and we're going to go out and do this. That was, they had just been filled with the Holy Ghost two chapters before. So what's this filling again? Did they drain themselves down? Was it, was this a cheap uh, iPhone battery that just, you know, too many videos, too many downloads, it's just gone? Were they running from filling station to filling station? No. See, that's a bogus interpretation. You see, with that pattern in God, and it, it's a pattern that God's principle shows over and over again through the Scripture. You're partnering with God, and you come to a point where God says, okay, the season is now going to change. And so we're coming into a Sabbath moment. We're going to rejoice in the Lord, just like truth and sonship. We're coming to that seventh day. We're going to reflect on what God's done. We're going to rest in Him. We're going to commune with Him. We're going to rejoice. We're going to be resupplied. We're going to be replenished. What the enemy has stolen is going to be given back to us. And we're going to be made ready to go forward. And then the sons look to go forward into the new. And the Spirit comes upon them for what is coming. It's not about you and your little cup. Now, I like what Brother Fulton, uh, not Brother Fulton, what Brother Fallon says, you know, why, why would you want a cup? Fill my cup, Lord, when you can have a river. I like that. But that whole idea of us standing there with a little tin can like a Santa Claus on the corner is nuts. We've got a river of life flowing out from us. And so the fillings are for us to partner with God and to come to a point of accomplishment in serving Him and His timing and then to take upon us a fresh filling to move forward into the new. That's the way God moves. And that's where we are in this year. God has been telling us for the past couple of years, hasn't he? Transition is coming. Transition. He said at the beginning of this, of this year, before all the COVID restrictions, I'm going to change you in a way that is similar to what happened initially in this house, but it's going to be a much grander change. It's going to be a line upon line change. It's going to be a bigger thing. God told us that. God's, how many things has God said over the past couple of years that are being fulfilled? I remember when we first started talking about the Elijah and Elisha connection and the Elishas are coming. I, I think everybody kind of looked and said, well, what does that mean? Well, is it not happening? Is it not happening all over the place? Not just with uh, those that are in their 20s, but others that God is, is calling. You know, I was talking to Kelly the other day about someone who is a, an established Christian who has been reaching out saying, you know, I've been in this kind of a church and, and the Spirit keeps stirring me saying that, you know, we need to not just be moving in a, just an elemental way. We need to be doing things in the spirit realm. We need to be addressing things in, in the heavens. Uh, and, and, you know, that kind of thing is going to be happening. Uh, those are those that God is calling alongside. It says, let us take hold of the hem of your garment. Let us be called by your name. Let us, let, we will go up and worship with you. We will, we will be this. You see, God is getting ready to do that in a bigger way than we've ever understood. So this year where we've all kind of been slowed down, we've been stilled, we've been resting, um, where we, we've had to slacken the cord and, and just wait. I've had four weeks of that, 
just laying before the Lord, uh, purposely not being able to do things. I've been policing myself mostly. But God's been speaking to me, and he's been talking. You know, Issachar understood the times and seasons and knew what Israel ought to do. That's, in many ways, the role of this house in this saints movement. And God has been replenishing, if you'll let him. God has been restoring and putting things in motion to put you in a proper footing. He had to slow some of you down. He had to basically stop some of you, not in a harsh way, but in a way where we, uh, we, we're having to reflect. And God has been putting things in place for you, hasn't he? It may not look like it, but I ask you to step back and look at this. I mean, God is saying, okay, you've been faithful. Now, there's a time of promotion coming. But before that hits, I need to restore. I need to repay. I need to bring you into a point of strength and health and vitality. I need to position you. I need to give you supply. I need to settle some things. And some of you, it's not yet happened. It's going to. But you need to be very careful in this season. Remember the study that we did about the making of kings in Hebron and how that word can be the place where the kings were anointed, and that was a place for king-making. But it was also a word in the Hebrew that was used to describe spells and witchcraft. And whenever you come to a point where you're about to move forward into a point of dominion in God, a kingly anointing, you need to recognize that that tide of the anointing, the enemy's also trying to take advantage of. And we don't fear that, but we're, we're not unaware of it. So there are, there are influences right now that are trying to corrupt and occlude and bring difficulties in the spirit realm. You need to recognize that. You're not glorifying it, but anytime there's promotion, it's like David when, uh, you know, he went to the enemy's camp and he took back what he stole from me, you know. Um, there were knuckleheads known as the sons of Belial, those SOBs that were, that were wanting to kill him, stone him, right before he was going to be anointed as king. Do you recognize that time frame? And David had to encourage himself in the Lord. David had to reflect on who he was and what his identity was. I'm sure it didn't bless him at all to have these people that he had led that the, the sons of Belial were the Old Testament versions of the Antichrist spirit. We've studied that and laid it out from Scripture. There are those in the Antichrist influence that detest you, that detest what you represent in God. And boy, they're loud right now, aren't they? But we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord and remember that God has called us to a kingly walk. God has called us to a walk of dominion. And in the same time where we're being replenished and strengthened in the accomplishment of whatever God has ordained for us to have done to this point, in conjunction with that, we're looking forward as true sons into what's coming and what the Spirit wants to come upon us in. Now, I want to just tell you, you don't need to run to 15 people to ask them what God's doing in you. You're doing that, you're demonstrating immaturity. And God is not going to entrust a mature gift to people that aren't willing to stand before Him. 
if you just reflect for a moment, the spirit in the still small voice, you wrap that mantle around your head, you'll hear what Elijah didn't hear. What has God said about you? If you don't believe it, well, then how in the world is that going to happen? If you have to have 15 people around you reminding you, where are they going to be when you're standing in the battle and Goliath is facing you? You know, I've got these five stones, but I need to have 15 people to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing out here. David would have been dead meat if that had been his strategy back then. So right now, you need to, I almost said something I shouldn't say, you need to buck up and you need to, to say, what has God said? This is the report I'm believing. And I'm receiving that fulfillment in this transition of the time, the fulfillment of the Spirit that brings about sustenance and supply. And you need to lay claim to that, just like we were singing and being encouraged to, to accept today. You need to keep on doing that. And don't take no for an answer, because it's God's will to position you for what's coming. You know, don't expect for the, for the word that God's giving you for what's coming to be your sustenance. You've got to be filled now. You've got to be replenished now. And upon that then, the fresh word of commissioning is going to be a strength. It's not going to be back payment. Do you understand that? This is the pattern of the Lord. This is the way God moves. And those, those words, again, I encourage you to study that from just easily. Just pull it up on Spotify. That means you can just set the thing two times, and you, two times the speed. You only have to listen to me for half a time. But anyway, that's there. And so this is what God's doing in you right now. So I, I step back and I say, what things is God wanting to gird you up in? What things step in while the water is stirred? What things, don't get ahead of God. You know, say sometimes, sometimes we mess this up by confusing the two terms. Sometimes we mess this up where we're asking God to commission us for the future when we should be asking him to supply us in the now. And some people shortchange God's ability to heal and to restore and to supply because they're so worried about what's coming and they keep asking God, give that to me, give me direction, give me this, give me that. You know, the best, did you ever try to find direction when you're driving and you got other people in the car and they're all giving their opinions and, you know, it's just kind of nerve-wracking. You should have turned back there. You should have turned there. You went, you know, that's not a good place to find direction, is it? It never is. And if you had to ride home with people like that, God bless you today. Um, but, you know, God wants to supply you. And from that bastion of resource, which he's ordained to give you, believe for that. You've been, you know what, you've been Think of all the things God has done for you this year in the midst of this chaotic time. Now, I know things may not be exactly the way you want them to be right now, but what a better platform for you to say, Lord, this is your moment of supply. 
we have come to this point as saints where you're transitioning, transitioning us into something that's coming. So I welcome what your biblical pattern is, and I receive those things that you want to populate in restoring. Believe for that. This is a moment for that. Um, but then on the next point, look to the future. How does the Spirit want to come upon this house, this movement, you? How does God want to come upon you for what's coming? You know, I, I just want to tell you this too. I remember when this all first began back in 96, or back in 96, um, God was transitioning us. I didn't realize it at the time, but some of the things that I know I was thinking and saying, Lord, there's more. What we've had is great. We thank you for this blessing, but do something that you want to do new. If you want to move me, if you want to do this, if you want to do that, that's fine, but there's transition coming. You supply. And then came an anointing that led us through. But at the time of that anointing, when we were transitioned, stick with me now, we didn't know what was coming. There wasn't, you know, Gabriel was here. There were other angelic mighty ones that were here, but not one of them said what was coming. Not one of them. It was the anointing that led us through. As we functioned, God would open doors. And so we followed the anointing. We followed the things that God laid in our pathway, and as we did them, that would unlock the next step. See, that's the problem with a lot of Christians. They think, they think that um, Apostle Paul carried around an advanced version of the King James. Or when Jesus told those folks at the wedding in Cana to go fill those, those water pots with firkins of water, that they had an advanced copy. Oh, yeah, we'll do that because we know he's going to turn it into wine. They didn't have a clue what he was doing. In fact, most of them thought he was nuts. I'm sure they did. Wouldn't you? I'm sure we would have. So when God comes upon you, he may not lay out a scroll telling you, who you're going to marry, where you're going to be, where you're going to work, giving you times and dates. He's not going to do that. Because if he did, where would the walk of faith be? Where would that be? You follow the anointing that comes upon. You know, in Acts 4, they didn't have any idea that there was a guy named Saul at that time who was going to be known as Paul that would be added to their ranks, and he would be a phenomenal missionary throughout all of the Mediterranean world. They had no clue about that. Did you find the angel saying, thus says me, Peter. You better watch out because I'm going to put a running buddy here for you, and he's going to be strong and mighty, and he's going to get all these mysteries and things. Not a word about that. In fact, when um, Ananias came to to lay hands on Paul, Paul was filled. And guess what word it used? It used the word of the Spirit coming upon him for a task that was coming. Do you think Paul knew what all was going to be going on? 
No, he had seen Jesus and he had received this anointing and he went with that anointing. Hence, we continue to walk by faith and not by sight. So the key point for us is in these waning days of this year that we need to touch base with the Father based upon his spiritual principles in the word and say, Lord, how else do you want to resupply? How do you want to, how do you want to gird us up? How do you want to position us? How do you want to restore? Maybe some of you, this is a time for radical healing in your body. And for some of you, God's going to do that progressively. Some of you, some of you have already been positioned, and it's been amazing in this year. You may not recognize it, but you've been positioned. And you need to stick close to the throne and not listen to the, the darker vestiges of past lives. You need to, in this Hebron moment, you need to stop listening to nonsense in the spirit realm and buck it up. If you want to be somebody mighty in the Lord, well, be mighty in Him right now. Ain't nobody doing that for you. Not your mama, not your papa, not your grandma. you got to do it. That's what God is going to entrust His kingdom to. Somebody that will say, you know, here am I. Send me. Here am I. And that's the word of the Lord for us. So you've got, uh, you've got a dichotomy here of God saying, okay, this transition that I've been telling you about is just, that door is just about closed. You say, well, I missed it. The best wine comes last. The best wine comes back. You haven't missed anything unless you choose to miss it. Lay claim to that principle. Lay claim to your position as sons and say, Lord, come. Now, I, I don't want to go too far because, uh, you know, I'm the pastor. I've been away. Uh, I'm not an evangelist. There are some things that I'd like to say right now that I probably would be uh, not wise to say. But if you're believing for, I'll just say it this way generically, and I'll look up over Stacy Maggs' head up into the balcony there. If you're believing people who are just, if you're believing a blessing for people who are just playing around with God, <laughs> you better be sure you're believing for what God's really wanting to do in them. If, if you're asking God to bless them, what's the best blessing he wants to bring them to? To a point of brokenness so they get back in the game or they get back in the war. He's not going to fill them with all the greatest things on the Internet. All that will do is just give them more stuff to do instead of seeking God. So right now it might be not so much you saying, Lord, give them this, give them this, give them this, but God saying, bring them back to me. Let them come and open themselves to me. That's the best blessing that they could receive right now. And we need to recognize that. Boy, I've gotten off into preaching. Debbie, how'd that happen? I'm just, I'm just laying it out there. I'm taking names. <laughs> but, you know, I see, I see God moving in a lot of ways in, in your lives. And, um, you know, don't shortchange yourself. Don't, don't shortchange yourself, you know? You know, the, the blessing God's promised to you, Imani, he wants to do. 
Hold on to that. Don't settle. Don't sell that for a bag of beans. And you know, it's good to see my brother Robert here. You have, you have a kingly anointing. In fact, sometimes I call you George a lot of times. I know you recognize that. And, and I remember when, when you first came back, I heard a voice say, he has a kingly anointing. And, and I, I kept hearing King George, which was imperative for, for our nation here because that was the, the ruler of England when, the, when, we, um, when we stepped away from their dominion and formed our own nation. Maybe it's a time again for the freedoms and the identity that this nation should be to be established. But so often I just call you that spiritually because the way you pray is really a kingly kind of praying for, for what God wants to do nationally and internationally. So, I don't know, I never told you that. Uh, you probably wondered, why does he say, hello, my brother? But anyway, all of you, God is just speaking back to the... Um, the, the identity that he's giving you, and he's, he's wanting to supply you because we're, we're coming to a point now where when this thing unveils itself, and we'll know it in God's timing. If we've learned one thing, <clears throat> it's that no matter how we pray, we're not going to change the timing of God. Now, you know, there are a lot of things that I thought God was going to do at this time and at this time, and I still know he's going to do it, but he didn't ask me what my opinion was was when he should do it. <laughs> Did he ask you? <laughs> but when, when we transition, I fully expect for each of us to be fully supplied and to be fully strengthened and, and for God to settle up accounts and for us to be moving in the vitality of what he's called us to be. And that's what's happening this season. That's what's happening. Some of you took steps of faith, and you stepped out onto the waters, and things are, God, God rejoiced in that with you. It, it is not, does not yet appear what we shall be or what you will be. But God's supplying. He's providing. The seed isn't begging for bread. But there's another measure of filling that's coming, and it's very near, where God is coming upon. He's already been preparing you for it. You've already been praying for it. But I, I love that Acts 2 business, where suddenly there's this supply, and then God's coming, and then there's this appointment for what they're supposed to do. It's great. It makes a whole lot more sense. I used to always wonder about that. We had discussions about this in seminary. How in the world were these people filled? And then a chapter later, they're filled again. And then we said, keep on being filled. We'd say those kind of with a, with a quiver in our voice. Sound real Pentecostal. But it was always from the standpoint of, give me more. Well, God wants to give you more, but that's not what filling is. Fill, it's all about partnership. Hear this. I'm almost done. It's all about the journey with God. It's all about walking with Him. That, what He said is going to be in His timetable. Jesus said, I don't even know. Only the Father knows that. So, you know, you just walk with Him and you rejoice in Him. But it's all about the journey. The, the end result is settled. 
and God's going to get you there. It, you just enjoy the journey with Him. But at this point in our journey, there is a, there's a unique times and seasons moment. And believe me, God is supplying you. He's bringing resolution. He undid some things that would have taken some of you off course. That's a gift from God. You know, it, it's a whole lot better. What is the greatest gift to get? Uh, how, how can I illustration? God giving you a $100 bill or saving you from a $5,000 deficit. Which is the greater gift? Some of you God has saved from some big-time mess. And you need to thank Him for that. And you need to look for what He's going to do in you to restore that identity, to restore that purpose, to restore what it is that you have partnered with Him. In this season, the waters are troubled. Plunge in and be made whole. But there's another filling coming, and it's commensurate to that first filling being done right. And God is going to come upon you, and, and He's already coming upon people across the world in the network, in the saints. And, and it's going to be an impartation that's going to build upon what He's prepared you for, but you're going to be to whom much is given, much is required, faithful in the small things, ruler over many. That rulership anointing is coming. And it's, it's, it's pert near, as we'd say in West Virginia ease. But believe that. That's, that's where we are, and it's based upon the principles of Scripture. It's truly what Pentecost means. It's truly what being filled with the Spirit means. And, you know, it's like that verse, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. We know that verse. That was an abolitionist verse. But what was it really saying? That, that word, to be filled, was talking about you need to make sure that you are accomplishing what God has asked you to do. That you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be accomplishing. And don't go off the rails and give yourself over to the bottle or any other thing that, that somehow keeps you from fulfilling what God wants. Does that make sense? And, and it, it could have been anything. I mean, you, you could say anything. Wine was not necessarily the issue. Wine filled that part in the quotient that spoke about something that could be a panacea instead of you pressing through to fulfill. Does that make sense? Now, anyway, I'm roaming now. But the point for us today is God's Spirit is with you. This is a unique moment. And some people say, well, what, do we, what about our country? What about the nations? Well, I just look at this. I mean, the Bible says darkness will be upon the earth, gross darkness to people, but my light will shine upon you. I've chosen, I think we should choose to focus on the light coming upon us. You know how much you're going to be able to do. What are you going to do? Pray real hard and change the Scripture? <laughs> darkness is still going to be on the earth and gross darkness to people. You ain't going to change that. You're not going to change the book of Revelation. You're not going to change. You can't rip it out, say it's already happened. We don't believe in it anymore. Those things are going to happen. The best thing we can do is receive the light and be that light and press in. So um, I, 
I look forward to what God's going to do. Is it going to be a challenge at times? Yeah, what, what step of faith is not? But, but God is with you. So I, I come back to this, and I reiterate it as a summation. Believe God for the fulfillment of what he has brought you to this point uh, to, to accomplish. And ask him that if there's anything that you've not yet done that you need to do to please him and to partner with him in this transitory moment, transitional moment, and receive the supply, receive, receive the measure of fulfillment, receive the measure of accomplishment, and give it to the Lord with thanksgiving. And then with that, look to what's coming as sons and the coming upon you of the Spirit. And, and I, I end with this. If the anointing that came upon us back when we transitioned initially in 1996, how powerful that was, and it was powerful, and we're still living in it, how much greater must be what God is going to give? That's exciting. But be ready for it. Don't drift around. You know, the, the prince of this world has brought confusion to this world and their eyes are blind lest they see the glorious gospel of Christ. Don't you be blinded to it. Don't, you, don't be blind to the glory. Don't be blind to being an anointed son of the Father. Don't, don't let the enemy blind you. There's a lot of that going around in this world, you know. I, you know, I found myself uh, the last couple of early mornings praying for some who have, like Demas, loved this present world and abandoned. I can't do anything about that. that that's before the Lord. But, and I'm not going to grieve over it either. i got to press forward just as you do. But... God, I guess what I'm saying is in this moment, in this unique release of his anointing, God is trying to call people back to what, so that they don't miss out. Because once this, that's the thing about the times and the seasons of God. Once you cross over into new terrain, it's very difficult to go back into an old terrain and correct and amend things. You know, the spirit realm moves quickly. And this is the way God moves. So, while this window of opportunity is still open, I've been led by the Spirit, and I'm, I'm not doing it on my own volition because when I do that, then my emotions kick in and all kinds of other things. When God stirs it, I'm, I've been believing for people to be awakened to where they'll come back to what they're supposed to be doing and get in with it so that what they've initially invested into this culminative point is not lost. You see, God is, God thinks that way. <laughs> you may think, oh, just make it simple. Oh, just make it simple. Well, God is anything but simple. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. And so these are biblical principles. These are the way God moves. And so the sooner we grasp them to the degree we're able to and believe for them, the better, wouldn't you say? So I said a lot of stuff today, obviously. 
thanks for tolerating me because you didn't have much choice. But um, I, I release these two fillings to you. I release the fulfillment, the supply, the provision, the replenishing. I release that to you. But I also release that anticipation to hear from God as to what's coming and to welcome that impartation that he especially created for you. We need that, don't we? We do. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by our wisdom or our advice to God, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And that compilation of the two fillings is what we need right now. And that's what's happening right now. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this. And I pray that you will strengthen the saints. And I, I speak forth that whatever it is that you're wanting to accomplish, however it is that you want to bring a culmination of faith, how you want to supply and restore and position, how you want to put us on a proper foundation, a foundational stance. Let that be across the board. Let it be to every one of our family here and uh, for everybody in, in our Saints Network family. And secondly, Father, put an anticipation and a hunger in us for what you're going to do. You may not explain all the things that you're going to do, but that anointing will come, and that in combination with our faith and our commune with you will carry us step by step into the new paths of victory. I release both of those fillings into these folks, and, I, and upon me and upon the leadership of this house and upon the leadership of the network, let all the three dimensions of the, of the mighty men be functioning in the days that are coming. And uh, let us represent you. So I bless, I bless everybody today in this wonderful family of saints. I bless them. And let us be full recipients and participants in what it is that you're doing. We love you, Father. We thank you. And, you know, one final thing, Lord, there, there are some people that are really needing a touch from you physically right now. You know, I was made aware that one of Sister Madden's dear friends is battling COVID right now and is really not doing well physically. We just speak over Priscilla that your strength would be there and that you would restore her. And everybody else, Lord, that is really in a specific point of need right now, let there be breakthrough for them. Let there be breakthrough for everyone. And let resolution come, and not just resolution, but fulfillment. We thank you for this, Father. Give us a wonderful day in you, a wonderful week. We continue to declare the blood over every person. And we thank you for it, Father, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Good days. Thanks for being here. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay close to the Lord, and we will. See you soon. Adios.